Thanks for tuning in to the Upside Down Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'll be one of the hosts. We are a coffee, art, and community space located right across the street from UCLA in Westwood Village. During the week, Upside Down is a coffee shop where you can enjoy lattes, espresso drinks, cold brew, and visit our art gallery. On this podcast, you might hear anything from an interview with those artists to an interview with a barista champion, one of our staff, or simply someone who comes into the coffee shop. We hope you'll enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. Um, my name is Kyle, and I'm joined here today by Melissa Moskowitz, our art director here at Upside Down. Hi, everybody. And we are joined today with our very own Will Rosenberg, who right now is kind of dual Jews for Jesus employee and artist. Um, so, Will, we're so glad to have you here and have your art at Upside Down and just want to just have you introduce yourself, say hi, and say a little bit about yourself. So, Well, hello. My name is <laughs> Will Rosenberg, and I am an artist. I'm born and raised in Southern California, San Diego, which is America's finest city. And that Is that actually the phrase of San that's Diego? That's our slogan. That's a slogan. Okay. That is the yeah. slogan. And I like to remind people of that. <laughs> a little bit about Upside Down. Things are different because we're in this weird pandemic, almost post-pandemic time. But we're open Tuesday through Thursday as a cafe and art gallery. And in the before times, we would have art gallery events on Saturdays where we'd have wine and cheese and snacks and coffee. And you could come, see art, say hi to an artist, and have a actual social event, if we remember what those were. So this is this podcast is essentially just introducing you, and we can talk about really whatever you want to talk about with your art. So yeah, you can go for it. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I was born in San Diego, California. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know that. Born yeah. There. yeah. San Diego, California. Spent 20 years there, moved to Orange County for university. And then when I graduated college, somebody was like, what do you want to do when you graduate? And I said, I'm going to go travel around the world. And after I said that, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I didn't have any money. I didn't know what I was doing. Ended up, uh, long story short, going around the world six times in seven years. Whoa. And um, it just started with a one-way ticket to New Zealand. Did you actually go like in a, like the same direction around the world each time? I went west around okay. the world, and then I went west around the world, then I went east around the world. <laughs> and I, that year I was away from America for about 22 months. Oh, wow. So longer so, than a year, almost two yeah. years. And then I went west and west. What was your favorite place on your travels? Favorite is a difficult word because... Uh, <laughs> Top three. <laughs> New Top Zealand. Five. I spent a lot of time in New Zealand. Oh. And um, a lot of time in Israel. And then, oddly enough, a lot of time in India. So three okay. very different places. And I feel like I have a love-hate relationship with all three of them. Did you so. see anything in New Zealand that would be in the Lord of the Rings movies? Yes. Really? Where? <laughs> <laughs> I know we I'm have biased. a fan here, yeah. <laughs> There's a place, uh, one of the, I'm, I'm not, uh, forgive me, but I'm not nerdy enough to know the specifics, <laughs> but there's this that. one place called Castle Hill where there's okay. like, it's like a climbing spot in the middle of the South Island and it's like really rocky 
and friends of mine could tell you exactly tell you. Yeah. Okay. where and when. That sounds like Mordor, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. So, cool. You know, it's interesting knowing this about you. I didn't know this thing about you, about going around the world so many times, but I think perhaps what it did for you is it freed up a place for imagination. Mm. You see that many places that are outrageous and beautiful and difficult and um, and unfamiliar, and I think that that might have shaped you. Totally. That's mm. ended up in your art. Like tying it back to the art, um, I think I've really started diving into art. I mean, I've always been an artist. I think we're all creative, and every kid's an artist until... Uh, they go to school, pretty much. So um, Every kid's an artist until they go to school. Or I wasn't an artist, and then I went to school, and I became an artist. There you or go. I discovered I was an artist. There's a Picasso quote along that line. Oh, uh, okay. I might butch it. Part of that's like the industrial I age. See. Like and sit in straight lines yeah. and draw that pumpkin orange. If you draw it pink, that's wrong. I see. Like, so like in okay. a way like that, like... We sometimes, like, every kid's an artist until we tell them that's wrong or stay within the lines or whatever mm. instead of giving them the space to create to make those mistakes, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. like, so many adults you talk to, they're like, oh, I, I can only draw a stick figure. Mm. It's like you, you, only, you can only draw a stick figure because you stop drawing at stick figures. Mm. You never went beyond stick figures in your creativity. So... I'm passionate about the message of everybody is an artist. I was going to say, I, I feel like that really shows up in your style. Yeah. Um, especially, I was reading the one about the tree. I love that it's called tree. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, if you come into the cafe in on the back wall, there's this really cool photo, photo, really cool painting of a, I'm looking at a photo of a painting. That's why I said that. Um, of a tree, and I noticed that on it you said, I started throwing paint on this tree, and this tree emerged. You may see something else amid the layers of paint. Um, so that just made me think of what you were saying about reading, like going outside the lines and just seeing what happens. Um, I feel like there's a story here. Mm. Do you, yeah, is there a story connected to the tree? To the tree? Yeah. So, um, I was just trying to read what, I, okay, yeah. Um, I'm, so basically, like, do you guys know Michaels, the art, the Michaels? You mean the world renowned? The world renowned shop. Renowned shop oh, the one craft can buy any art place that brings me a lot of angst. The one where I spend all my money. This podcast. They could. Yeah. yeah. Michaels. Oh, where you got your I prefer canvases. Blick, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Michaels was having a big a sale on canvases. So I've spent thousands on art supplies. I haven't made, I've made thousands, but it's. The numbers are probably pretty close on what I've spent to what I've made. But um, the point is to create. So side note, caveat. Um, but I bought this huge, I had like two of these really big canvases. It was probably like buy one, get one free. And this specific canvas um, was in my studio in San Diego, which was uh, a garage. And it's got moved around quite a bit and ended up in our move to Los Angeles. I moved to LA in August of 2019 and it actually had a tear in the canvas. Oh. Just from sitting in a studio, getting knocked over, 
all that kind of just moving it around. Like a big tear or like... Like you what? can't tell. You didn't see it. Did yeah, you? I can't see it. No, it's so only here. about three inches, and okay. I covered it with paint. I paint, when you said that, I pictured like the whole middle was just ripped no, apart. it's about three <laughs> inches, and I yeah. just covered it with paint. Repaired the canvas itself. Okay. So then it was just in our house in LA, and in our little apartment, and I just set it up in the living room and just started putting paint on it. Hmm. And I think one of the things, if we're diving into like art and process, like I think. Sometimes for me, art is like just emptying yourself, not having an end in mind, but just starting to put paint on a canvas. And this one just had just, it just lived in our living room for months and sporadically would get paint put on it. So, that's and it's big. I mean, it's 48 by 60. so. So you're doing it in Los Angeles, so not in your garage anymore, literally in your living room in your apartment. Exactly. And paint would just find its way onto the canvas. That's like yep. a really cool L.A. story. <laughs> because you have a small child. Did, yes. <laughs> did paint find its way onto your child as well? Maybe not at this point, but at other points, yes. Yeah. That's one of the things I miss about my space in San Diego. There's room for my daughter to create and make a mess. Mm-hmm. Like the floor of the garage I was working out of San Diego just covered in paint. And it's because I had, now she's six, but she was three, and she'd just fully get immersed in her own world of creativity. Mm. That's probably going to stick with her her whole life. But something I want to ask you about the, um, the paintings that seem layered, mm-hmm. and you do some cutting. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so... Um, is that a term, cutting? I don't know. <laughs> it's just something how about, he does, how about, I think. <laughs> how about I circle back real quick to my story sure. and then bring it back to that. Excellent. So circling back to the art story, um, I think I started, not I think, but I started doing more art in college. And part of that was, I think I was, I was at a point in life in my early 20s where I just became more confident in my identity and stopped caring what people thought. And that freed me up to be more of the artist that I always was. Hmm. And then just to kind of explore that process in my early 20s of just the desire to create. Um, my first year in New Zealand when I was like 23-ish, I, got invi- I painted my first mural, actually. I haven't done a lot of murals, but I did one then, um, which was fun. I said yes without knowing how big it was and how long it would take, but it totally hmm. worked out. And then, uh, again, traveling shapes art, uh, college shapes. All these things shape you and shapes what shapes shape what comes out of your creation. Um, and when I was in New Zealand, I was working with a nonprofit called Youth with a Mission. And I was doing a lot of teaching about just world issues. Um, I led these schools called Around the World in 80 Days, and it was a discipleship training school. Wow. And we would be in New Zealand for about three, four months, study about the Bible, world issues, and then we'd spend three, four months traveling around the world on an around-the-world plane ticket, working with missionaries and nonprofits around the globe. Mm. So in my time in New Zealand, I started teaching Um, just different topics and stuff. And I'm an artist. So I started bringing art into that space because I'm tired of just having a guy on a pulpit speak at you. As an artist, I don't learn that way all the time. 
So I was, as a visual learner, how can I engage people visually? Mm. And I think that's what started the process of some of how I create some of my pieces now, where um, it started more as a performance teaching piece where there'd be a message on the canvas that's almost hidden. So uh, the cutting away, it's actually, there's an image underneath the paint before Mm. you start. And uh, there's one that's in the show here. Well, there's two. There's the big joy one that kind of has that technique where I basically, I guess I'm giving away my secrets. So you paint a bottom, like there's a picture on it, and then you paint over that. So basically you start with a blank canvas, Uh and then you use, I use uh, tape, like masking, like painter's tape. Okay. And I can create a detailed image on the canvas before any paint goes down. Mm. So sometimes that image will take hours. Sometimes it won't take that long. But then I'll cover that with like a base coat. And then I can just go crazy on the color, crazy on the paint. I can throw paint. And then uh, kind of it's nice if you can let that dry. Then you can pull off the tape to reveal the image that was underneath the whole time. Oh, I see. So that hope one that hope, was there, yeah. I painted that actually at an event here in LA a couple months ago um, called Streaming Hope. And I had that that hope message on underneath. Mm. And throughout the whole time, nobody knew that was there until the very end. And it was kind of like an aha moment of like, whoa, he had that message there that connected to what we did the whole night. That's really cool. Okay. This speaks to me of a process that can go on in someone's life where the cutting away, sort of getting rid of this fancy word dross, D-R-O-S-S, ends up revealing sort of a finer self, Mm. the person that you're meant to be. So I don't know if that's part of your process, but I've known you for a long time and and I've seen you grow and We did some times in Israel together. Um, We both suffered a really big loss around the same time, and you were a huge help to me, um, whether you knew it or not, um, as I was grieving sort of six months later on the heels of your own grief. Um, So I think that this cutting away process that you do does speak of what can happen to a person when they encounter let's say, I'll say God, but also faith that can change somebody, um, especially now we need that kind of process in our lives to cut away at the layers that end up revealing something solid. And I see that in your work, and I see that in your life, obviously, but people who don't know you can come in and see this cutting away. And I think you invented this sort of process for yourself. And um, I think all artists invent their own process. There's something I've wanted to ask you, which is you didn't have formal art training. True? True. Okay. Um, None. Would you consider that that's ahead for you? since I'm going to recommend it to you um, uh, because I think it could affect certain things. But you're, I was going to make very, a joke about that question seeming like it had a right answer. Um, right? Yeah, but no, now right, it actually seems no like right answer, actually. <laughs> you're very confident with color. And so I wonder, you know, what 
what you can teach others and what you probably have already taught others through art and what formal training would end up teaching you. And I'm not recommending it or not recommending it. Yeah. Um, you know, I studied art and I don't paint. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that there's a lot involved for you as an emerging artist in your and your whole art process emerging as well. Yeah. So there are about four questions in there. Yeah, like yeah. I can That's, circle. You know, into my brain just goes that yeah. way. Like I ask myself so many <laughs> questions, I forgot what the first question was. Well, I, I was, think. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was or, just. Saying, I was really intrigued by the cutting away thing, and yeah. I mean, it's honestly, I feel like your your style is a timely style for the year we've all had. Um, definitely. A year that has definitely cut away at what is normal to reveal what's underneath, whether that's our anxieties or our hopes. One of the things, too, even just with the technique of, like, the tape and the tearaway thing, it's like it's almost like a reverse stencil. So it's, like, mm -hmm. kind of coming back to, I think a lot of my influence is, like, street art and, like, Banksy, Shepard Fairey, um, some of these guys. And one of the things for, like, Banksy is the godfather of street art. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But even just for mm -hmm. him, it's, like, some of the things I heard, some of the early stuff, it's, like, he wasn't good at art, so he started doing stencils because you can get a detailed piece up on a wall super quick and not get nicked by the cops. So I think that's where um, I took the stencil concept and almost reversed it in the way mm -hmm. I've kind of worked with some of these images and the tearaway of the tape and revealing and stuff like that. Um, but kind of bringing it back to even just where we're at now in this current show... Um, I really sense like, man, we're, we're coming out of this whole craziness of 2020. Mm -hmm. We're coming out of this dark season for a lot of us. And it's like there's deep work that happened and everybody experienced it differently. Everybody, um, whether it was, you know, financially, family, isolation, depression, anxiety, worry, fear, all these things, the whole world experienced it on different levels. And it's time to like, come, how do we come out of that? How do we re-engage with people? How do, we, um, how do we have hope for the future? You know, how do we rebuild? How do we, yeah. And also even just with that, it's like, what did we learn through the last year? Again, as an artist, like there's always work going on on the inside. I think the artist's job is to just ask questions and pose them and share the process with the world. And even just with this show and this collection, for me, it's like trying to share hope. How do we, how do we come out of this and hopefully, you know? And even just um, the word I ended up painting on the mural was exodus. And it's, it's about the story, but it's also about like coming out and stepping out of a dark time mm. and into the light or into something better. So I think that for me has been, even just where we're at now, it's like I want to be hopeful. Mm. And I think hopefully my art even just explores that. Even just the, the big joy painting. Um, you can't experience joy without experiencing pain. Mm. And in our culture and society, like we're so afraid of pain. You know, we take a pill to numb the pain. We don't want to experience pain. Mm. We run from it. But then we also just run to TV and we numb ourselves. And do we actually experience joy? Mm. And, it's, and it's okay to have both and hold that intention. I think that you show that and the fact that 
it's painted on two canvases that you're holding mm. something in your left uh, hand yeah. as well yeah. as in your right hand. I always think about that. Why did God give us two hands so that we could hold grief and joy at the same mm. time or, you know, pain and no pain at the same time and to learn to live with that tension. Um, and I do think that artists live a lot in that tension. Um, so, yeah, the fact that you did it on two canvases speaks of that. And I think the fact that we have a short period of time this Sunday, this two to five uh, time that we're going to be open for people to see this show is like this short opening um, of the cafe and having people come in um, after really a year of not, a little bit over a year of not being able to do that. Yeah, it'll be our first event in over a year. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that, yeah, I'm glad I can of, help open the door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that made me think of, so to take on Melissa's style of asking four questions, I have two. <laughs> um, so what that made me, the tension between the two sides of the joy painting, that made me think of the Exodus mural. And it's almost like life feels like walking through the Red Sea with a giant wall of water on one side of hope <laughs> and a giant wall of water on the other side of you know, all the pains and grief that we've experienced. But I sense in you like a lot of hope um, mm. and a lot of joy. And the question that I always like asking all of the artists who come in here is, uh, one, if you could have like one hope or one thing that you want, as people come in and view your art, you want them thinking about, meditating on, walking away with, what would that be? Um, and maybe this can be a later answer or you can incorporate it. But earlier when you were talking about your style and the lines and then, you know, everyone can do art and then they learn how to do stick figures and then also your own story that you kind of became more comfortable with yourself and then learned how to do art or learned your style. Um, I got the sense kind of what you were saying is you believe everyone is an artist or everyone has the ability to do art. Um, so I'd love to hear yeah. more about that. So. Um. Yeah, like I struggle with, let's see if this brings it around. Yeah. Like um, I was in a conversation recently where a guy's like, oh man, you're so gifted. Like, oh wow, that, oh, that, 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 that's like, wow, it's amazing. And I'm like, thank you. But at the same time, like you can do it too. When someone says, oh, you're gifted, you're talented. It's almost like, well, I could never do that. <laughs> and like... I've been working on my art for the last 10 years more intensely than even just the year, the season before that. And it's like, I've been working my ass off in this area. Like, I still have so far to go. Like, I'd totally go to art school. Sure. I don't think you have to go to art school to be an artist. That's, I think that's what I'm passionate about. And, and for six years before moving to LA, I was working with an artist who was an artist and a speaker in the business world. And he's a best-selling author. And, like, um, like, he is passionate about this message. And I was basically his apprentice. Hmm. And it started in New Zealand um, where I was, again, kind of throwing paint on a canvas just trying to figure out how can I do this art and teaching thing. And he's a friend of a friend of mine. His name is Eric Wall. And he had a gig in New Zealand. And I was like, man, I got, I got, a, I got a hand with this guy. I got to pick his brain. Like, he's doing this and painting and, and businesses. I'm like, 
I got to learn from this guy. And I think for me, it's always been like, for art, it's like I have a lot to learn. So it's something that you had to just throw yourself into. Well, practice. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, with, with Eric, like he had, a, he had a gig in New Zealand and I borrowed someone's car. I drove three hours. I spent a hundred bucks I didn't have on gas and I showed up. Right. Like I showed up and I was like, hey, I want to, I want to pull from your shirt strings. I want to learn from you. I don't know anything, you know? Um, and we just connected. We had a meal, talked about art, life, travel. The next day, speaking to 6,000 real estate agents. And I'm just like a dirty backpacker in the back of the room. <laughs> and they gave me, they gave me, they put my name on the list so I could get in. And I'm just like creatively getting lit up. Like he's showing videos, he's painting on stage, he's mm. painting people in like three minutes, these amazing portraits. I'm like, what the heck? This is amazing. And then I like had a moment where I looked around the room and I'm like, he has this room captivated. And he's got them captivated with creativity. And like, I get, I want to be a part of that, you know? And at the end of the gig, I'm like, just creatively lit up to go paint. And I'm like, do I hang out? Do I leave? Like, this guy's a big deal, you know? And I go up front and I'm like, hey, can I wash your paintbrushes? And I, he's like, yeah, sure. I, I just kind of slid in as his assistant. And I end up like shaking hands with the CEOs. And like, I just became part of his team. Like, he didn't have anybody. Hmm. And um, I just became part of his crew, you know. And then, long story short, um, that ended up a couple years later to me, like coming on the road with him and being his assistant, and then moving into a show producing role. Oh, so wow. over the course of six years, I saw about five hundred events with him. Oh wow! And um, that's more than one a week. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so in that process, it really challenged me just am I putting in the time in my art? Am I giving it space? Am I learning? Am I growing? Am I putting in the work? Right. You know, um, where I think right now it's like I've, I've been putting in the work, but it's like I'm excited what I'm going to do in 10 years hmm. if I keep putting in the work and not let my creativity go somewhere it shouldn't, so... You know, we're about community here at Upside Down. And to bring it back to this thing that you've said, because I think about this all the time, and I've taught on it, that because we believe that God is a creator, we are all creative. People look at artists and people look at paintings like yours and go, oh, I can't do that. But I really do believe that everybody is creative. That could be in how they speak to children, um, how they do puppets, how they cook a meal. Um, do you do puppets with your grandkids? I did puppets <laughs> a, a while I'm ago. If this is a reference. I did actual puppets. can be creative. Astrophysicists can be Astro creative. Yeah, it's it's how we think of what creativity is. But we put it in a small box. It's Yeah, we do put it in way too small a box so that not everybody has to paint to be considered creative. Um, but the thing that you said that I caught was you shook his hand, Eric's hand, and offered to wash his brushes. So that was a step that you took. You know, I would call it faith. Um, mm. Other people would call it chutzpah, you know, holy chutzpah or something. The artist is really a servant, and sometimes we serve our art or we can serve something greater than just 
our art. We can actually use our art to serve people. So that's what Upside Down is about, is that we're using coffee. Hopefully we're using creativity to the best of our ability to serve the community that's around us, the, the students, Westwood in general, the tourist who comes to get ice cream. Um, and I see that because of that, everybody is creative if they will think of themselves as a servant um, to use what's in them, you know, for a greater purpose than just self-fulfillment. Mm. And that is the, that's the worst portrait of the artist. They're just self-centered. And, mm. and many of us are. Um, but then to use it for something greater, to speak to something greater... Um, I think that that's something you're talking about and that's something you're showing in your work. I think it's like there's this phrase comes to mind like a conduit of creativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like creating space for the creator to create through you. Mm -hmm. And I think some people, it's like you're tapped into the idea that we're all creating the image of God in the, the Latin terms, the imago Dei. Mm -hmm. And we're all created in the image of the creator. And it's, and I mean... Looking at cultures around the world, if you if you go like there's always language for the uncreated creator. And if we can understand who that uncreated creator is and that he is he is creative by nature, like the divine is creative by nature, and he created us in his image or her image or whatever. It's like him and her, just to throw that out there. Um, but God the the uncreated creator wants us to partner in creation, whether that's through paint or through being a mom, through being a dad, through making the best coffee on the planet. Like, I love that. Shout out. <coughs> Sit down. Shout out to coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I love that. I am getting the feeling that at your event this Sunday, you've got to paint at the event. It just seems like it would fit. I don't know. We'll see what Maybe. you come up with. <laughs> if Maybe. not at this event, at um, in <laughs> one that's coming up, a little bit of a commercial for what's ahead is we want to get the community more involved in a project. So I'm not going to reveal it, but you'll see it in the next couple of months. <laughs> so uh, just getting back to the Exodus mural, because that's how this all started, right? We did a mural for, we had a Passover show on the elements of the Passover Seder. And then we had this massive mural that you painted at the shop and you made a GoPro video of, right? So yes, I did. post that as yep. well. Um, and I just love it. I It was cool to see it come together. I didn't know what your picture was going to be when you were painting it. Um, but yeah, very cool. I noticed on the page you said it might glow in the dark. Yes. Is that a joke or is there actually glow in the dark paint? There is glow in the dark paint. What? Yes. <laughs> it's just never, I need to see this. never totally dark enough. Um, so you should watch yeah. the video I made. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the video? So I, there's actually a QR code now next to the mural. Oh. You scan that and it takes you to the video. That's awesome. But um, I didn't actually get like if if you're here at night, you turn you have the lights on. You know that paint that like you, you're not a dad. Dear grandma, <laughs> I have a I have a book for my daughter that's like glow in the dark. You have to charge up the page with a flashlight. Oh, okay. So you shine a flashlight on the page, and then you turn off, and then you turn it, and it's like the it's a Dr. Seuss book, and the character like where are my pants, and the pants are glowing. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, so the painting is them. the same way. Mm -hmm. So you kind of in the daylight, I think it gives it an, a mm. little bit of a glow because yeah. it's always charged up by the lights in here. 
But um, I did test it like right after I painted it and you turn the lights off and it's kind of some of the white and the word Exodus kind of glows. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I need to like get that on camera somehow to actually share that part yeah, of the story. Yeah, that's amazing. But, that makes me want to ask a pointed faith question, yeah. which is if, you know, going yeah on the mural, you know, if, if life does feel like this walking on dry ground while... You know, you have your hopes on one side, your grief on the other, and God is the one holding the tension. And there's this bright light at the end that we see this figure, which is Moses, lit up by, um, you know, in such a year. I'm just curious for yourself, especially since you do have a hope and joy that it sounds like that's what you want people to walk away with. Mm. How has how has God held that joy for you this year? Yeah. You kind of brought that question around a different way than I was expecting, which is fine. Answer, you no, can that's answer fine. it however you want, though. No, no, no yeah. Well, yeah, you don't. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the cool things about the miracle, or about the mural, um, that um, in just a little bit of the research around the mural, I, I stumbled on an article. I think it was a rabbi, and the title was something about miracles. And for some reason in my brain, I hadn't connected the parting of the Red Sea as a miracle. It's just part of the story. But I'm like, that's, wait a minute. That's it's great. It's a freaking miracle. <laughs> like, it's a miracle. Wait you a know? second. Wait a second. Light <laughs> the water bulb. was split apart. Right. <laughs> that doesn't normally happen. And again, I think it's like, I just didn't connect that word hmm. to that story in my, in my, you know, in my process. And in my life, I believe in miracles. I've seen miracles. I've seen people healed. I've gotten to pray for people and seen uh, literally an ankle healed or, or, or a headache or different things. So it's like I believe in miracles and I want to see miracles. And I think, again, that's that collide of like the divine, the spiritual, and the natural realm happening, you know? And I think um, to go there with the faith in this last year and joy, it's like I've been depressed. It's been hard. Like, my wife struggled with depression, anxiety, and I struggle with depression occasionally as an artist, you know? So I've walked that journey with my wife and our family. And um, and then just adding a global, everybody shuts. At the beginning of this thing, I'm like, great, two weeks? <laughs> two weeks, this is great. The whole yeah. world can hit the reset button. Right, we all just hit pause. <clears throat> this is amazing. It's like a Shabbat. It's yeah. like a Sabbath, like exactly. rest. But then it was like, wait a minute, like we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. And then everywhere in the world experiencing it differently. And then, and even just the human interactions got just skewed or lost. Hmm. You know, it turned to an intense person on a screen, you know, where we don't touch people, we don't say hello, we don't smile. Like, I think that's been part of the dark part of this whole thing, you know, and I feel like I've <clears throat> I've written poems about hope and I often have this play where it's like I'm reaching out for hope and hope's like reaching down to me. Mm. So it's like who's holding on to who? Is hope holding me or am I holding hope? And it's this back and forth dance and I think that's what God's like. This The divine desiring to give us hope and I'm just holding on to hope and yet hope's holding me. So it's like I think sometimes even in these paintings it's me crying out for hope. Crying out for joy. It's like, I don't have joy, but I'm going to paint it because I believe it and I want it. So, wow. 
Yeah. So it's almost like the paintings are a form of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without you, without you, have maybe verbalizing that. That is a good way to look at it. That it's a conversation. Yeah. Paintings are about a conversation. Yeah. With yourself and with God and with hope and with faith and how to put all of those things together. Um, I like that way of looking at it. Yeah. I like having had this conversation. Just seeing more and more the way that having this art on the walls really feels like having a picture of Will on the walls. So Truly. Yeah. I need people to come in and meet Will because he is like this cool, crazy guy. He once left me up on a mountain in the dark. He keeps throwing these myself, stories. Like four in the morning in Israel, like near the Sea of Galilee. She's like, yes. go, I'm fine. It's a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a true story. But um, Will is... Um, a lot of things. He's also totally into kids. I mean, you're totally into kids. So I have one. So yeah, you have one, but you also work with them. Yeah, yeah. Will heads up our children and youth ministry here. Yes. Uh, so mm-hmm. we have a summer camp, and we are excited to make it happen this year. Yeah. I think even that that part of my world is great because, again, this last year everything's been shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we can't engage and do the things so i think we're i'm excited about just moving out like again stepping out into this season yeah. of what's in front of us and even this summer with summer camp and uh having fun like life mm-hmm. is supposed to be fun i remember we did mm-hmm. a podcast about uh i can't remember which episode it was but i asked melissa about fun and you said the line of, like, I don't do anything for work if I can't find fun in it. Yeah, it's like one of my philosophies about life. Um, yeah. That if it's not fun, I'm probably not going to do it. Or I'm going to try to inject fun into it. Hmm. Um, that's like, there's a picture of me when I was about seven or six and I lost my first tooth. And so my family had these photos taken by a photographer in our house. And in all of them my face is really solemn and I didn't smile. And then there's one in which I just went, ah, and opened my mouth. And like that, that picture is me. Like (laughs) I had to make this be fun somehow. um, Even though I was embarrassed that I lost my tooth, which is crazy. Right. So on that note, there's such a value of fun and play Mm -hmm. in relationships. And I think that's what we need now as we re-engage the world, re-engage each other. Like there's something, even just like psychologists, I saw a thing where they were talking about like kids in the zone of play. Hmm. You know, if kids are in that zone of play, they're creating worlds together. And then if something breaks that zone of play, like a kid gets hurt, skins their knee, falls down or whatever, they cry, they go to mom, dad, everything gets like whatever. But then if you can kind of re-engage them in that zone of play, they get right back to it. Hmm. And I think that happens in adult relationships as well. Yeah, like, they know how to jump back in once you've engaged that other way of right. way of living. It's like there's such a value to that play yeah. in relationships. That makes me think of when we were planning Upside Down, we did all these fancy brand book things where we we met with a guy and he gave a we had to pick like five adjectives that described what we were going for. And one we chose was playful. Um, and I think that makes me even think of your art in the sense of what you were saying about there's like lines and you don't want to go outside the lines and even in social relationships like just introducing a new dynamic of and that kind of makes me think of what we hope for upside down of it being a place 
not your typical coffee shop where you just mm-hmm. go in, put your headphones on, get as caffeinated as possible, and crank out work for three hours. Um, but, you know, a place where we can actually talk to one another, where it's okay to say hi to someone who you haven't met before, um, where it's okay to, yeah, give two bucks one day and ten bucks the next day. You know, something yeah. just kind of asking the question, is there a different way that mm. life could look yeah. on the other side of this thing? Um, that's a... <clears throat> That's a form of exodus to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that. Even just life. like as an artist, I've always explored different ways to live my life. Mm. Like what, how do we live? You know, and then again, it's like we have, we've created these systems. And again, do they work? Do they serve us or do we serve the systems? You know, and I think that's where artists, again, ask those questions and they push on the edges of these structures and these systems. It's like, that's why I struggle with, with structure and systems <laughs> because I'm created to push on those, mm. to create new ways of yeah. being and ways of doing. So I guess, it, oh, did you, were going to say something? I was going to say something that when we first created Upside Down, I was Googling cafes that are galleries <laughs> just to see mm. what they would look like. There are very few cafes that also have anything that's sort of like a formal art gallery. Um, so for me, what I see, and I've, especially now that people, some people can be back in the, in the cafe actually sit, the relationship of the person sitting in a chair or two people sitting in a chair next to a painting brings these, these aspects of life together for me, that the gallery is the people and the people make mm. the gallery and the interaction of life and art bring the art out more into real life and life being influenced by um, the art. So mm. I like that um, we're really dying to have people in the cafe and hopefully this Sunday we'll have more people being able to come in and walk around and see the art and talk with Will. I think it's interesting because, again, it's like, I mean, <clears throat> it's just an interesting dynamic. Because, again, in a cafe, sometimes it's just it's just background. Like, it's not about the art. Yeah. Right. And that's okay, but that it's also just there is this engagement with the art, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I again, I'm, I love street art. And I've gone on street art tours in London and Miami and these different things where it, like, adds layers of understanding of what is the gallery, and in a city, it's like the gallery is the streets, man. And, like, do we notice it? You know, Tel Aviv. Like, I started throwing art up on the walls in Tel Aviv because it's everywhere. It's like, well, I want to be a part of this. So what can I add, you know? And, and it's seeing it differently, you know, where I think sometimes, like, the gallery is unattainable for the average man. So how do we bring art to everybody? I think the gallery cafe is a middle space where it's it's stepping that up. And I think you've created a quality here trying to give it that gallery quality in a space that's more engaged than I'm going to the gallery or I'm going to the theater, which yeah. the construction worker next door isn't going to go to the gallery. But he might stumble in here and be like, oh, wait a minute. Look at that. Whoa, right. there's art, you know? So... I want art to engage people where it's like, even in my neighborhood, I see some more like graffiti going up and I'm like, ah, I kind of want to paint over that wall and I might do it and make it look better than what it is. Because again, art's around us all the time. Are we numb to it or do we engage it? Do we see it? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up in New York, and so graffiti was seen as something destructive. Uh-huh. Uh, on the trains, on the side of buildings. And I was now graffiti artists are making millions. But keep yeah. going, keep going. So I loved moving to L.A. where street art is a thing, a real thing. And um, But I do remember that thing in New York of trying to figure out how that person get on top of that building yeah. and they had to like hang off the building upside down to paint that word right side up so that when I moved here... It was so refreshing to say, wow, people take a wall and then they just paint on it and where'd they get the permission to do it? And then learning about people's tags and things like that. And in Israel, in, in the section we lived in, in called Florentine, the tags are such a part of the pieces themselves. One woman has a tag, which is a little sculpture. I don't, I don't know if you ever saw it. She le- leaves a little clay st- um, sculpture out on this little ledge and you know it's hers yeah. you, and you can take it. It's yeah. the coolest. Well, that's one of the cool things about street art. It's like, part of it is like, hey, look at me. Like, look at me. Like, There's one guy in Israel who's like eggplant guy. You see eggplants everywhere. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> oh, it's, like the yeah. it's like the repetition. It's like the repetition. You know, right. it's like Warhol's repetition, repetition. It's like those yetis in uh, Venice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Venice has totally. all kinds. Again, it's like you know it's the same person. Right. Right? So it's like Shepherd Fairy, this on, obeyed Andre the Giant, you know? It's everywhere. Mm. And and it's like, whoa, what is that, you know? And then he's on the cover of Time Magazine where he's like, look at me. Like the <laughs> same thing. He's a street artist, you know? Mm. So there's so many, I mean, again, art, engaging culture, life. like, And sometimes it's like just, sometimes we just don't notice it. And then once you talk about it, it's like you're going to notice it more today when you go home if there's new street art in your area. Mm. Like just by talking about it, you start to see it and notice it. I think that's a... I'm not surprised that you said that given that I think a lot of what we've talked about is kind of asking the question, what does the artist want us to see? Or like what Mm. does our artist want us to look at? Um, And it it feels like there's something pretty profound that you want us all to look at um, in this time and as we kind of explore yeah. a hopeful exodus mm-hmm. together. Um, and I think also with that, you asked earlier, what do I want people to get out of my paintings? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, um, like a, some of my paintings are abstract. And I was actually listening to Victor Atkins, Victor, Victor, Victor Atkins a little bit. And he said that he is an abstractionist. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, like, okay, that's cool. And, like, I could tell, like, he's learned from his art education, and I could totally learn. But my point, my point is, like, sometimes I do abstract things, and, like, I don't really know what it is or why it is, but I know that's what came out. Hmm. And oftentimes people will come up and ask, what is that? Wanting a profound answer, and I always turn it back. It's like, well, what do you see? Hmm. Like, what do you see? And um, oftentimes, like, it's almost like they need permission to look at the art Mm. for themselves. They need permission to interpret the art and see what they see versus what the artist's intention was. I get that. So I think there's this play where, again, it's like, well, you don't want to offend the artist. Yeah. You don't want to get it wrong. Like, that kind of looks like a tree, but did he want it to be a tree, you know? (laughs) Um, And... And it's fun to see when people, like, take that step of, like, oh, okay, I, I have permission to engage this art. Mm. 
what do I see? Yeah, what do I see? And usually, question. usually people see cool stuff. And, I mean, one time I was painting a tree at this live event, and they were like, well, what is this? I'm like, what do you see? Mm. And they're like, oh, I see the tree of life, and it looks like this, and there's there's light coming, and this, and I see this, and whoa, that really speaks to me. And I'm like, sweet, I was just painting a tree. <laughs> like, that's where I was. That's like, awesome. I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't at some deep level with this painting, but yet that person was able to engage it on a deeper level, even than where I was in that moment. So I think like as someone who feels like they are not very good at art or like even doesn't want to like write a postcard because my handwriting, uh, I can relate to that thinking this is so beautiful and this is so good that it's hard to imagine someone doing that without a really deep meaning attached to it. Um, but that is just like so cool that it can be like I'm just painting a tree, and then someone else sees a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, Kyle. The first time I heard you in one of these podcasts, I think that's the first time I heard you, and I said to you, "Your voice is so good and right for doing podcasts." Like, so that's your gift. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you're well, able to carry this is art. on a conversation. That, that's your <laughs> Whoa. art. Whoa. Okay, so I Whoa. know to call Whoa. Kyle if I want to do a podcast, like, to host it. Well, so thanks. that's, your, that's one, of your, that. one of your many gifts. Well, thank you so much to everyone who listened and went on this ride of art, meaning Tel Aviv street art. I really want to go to Florentine. Sounds so cool. Yeah, you Fun need space. to go. You need to um, go. But yeah. Yeah, any closing thoughts, Will, that you'd like to share? Will Rosenberg Studio on Instagram. (laughs) Um, Yeah, art is process, and we're all in it, so. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.